0: Open Field Radio. Like, subscribe, share, and review. Wherever podcasts are found. Open Field Radio.
1: Cool people having conversations about agriculture and life.
0: Where ag and life collide. Brought to you by GOWA, Stephen Ritz, Green Bronx Machine, Urban Gardening, and New York City Schools. We talk it all right now. Hello America and a growing audience around the world. Welcome to Open Field Radio, raising the hip factor in agriculture. That is what we're doing, you know got a great episode for you today out of the box talk about out of the box this guy our guest today Steven Ritz the green Bronx machine that's right the Bronx New York City the whole thing urban gardening in New York City schools now here's the cool thing he's been on the show before he's a good friend of the show and he was amazing in season one episode three all the way back at the beginning we had such a great time we've stayed in touch and I thought no time like the present school starting uh, right about now for most of us and we'll get back into of the classroom with Stephen and hear what's going on inside the big cities and agriculture. Pretty crazy. Pretty cool. He is off the chain. He's nuts. I'm convinced he's three quarters nuts and you'll see what I'm talking about but he is 100% genuine and 100% awesome. Since the last episode I spent some time in Saskatoon Saskatchewan Canada at the Ag in Motion Expo. Had a great time up there. Cool part of the world. Cool neck of the woods as they say and it was just it was awesome. So some great technology, some great things at the show. Met some cool people, even met some listeners. You know how it goes. Thanks to the Ag in Motion folks for a great experience. Hard to believe, but looking ahead, we are almost to season three of Open Field Radio. And that all by itself is amazing. And we wouldn't be to season three without you, the listener. So thank you from us to you. Thank you so much for making this thing a success. And with a new season comes maybe some new things and a couple things we're going to add here and there. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for something we're calling working title right now, calling them one-shots, and what are those? Basically, they're just pieces of interviews. You know, not every piece of the interview in an episode makes it on the show, but there's some great information that never gets used. Well, we're going to cut some of those up, make them into much, much, much shorter, much more digestible pieces with some great information from past guests and future guests. So be watching for those, all of it from OFR. is very cool, and I hope you enjoy it. In the housekeeping side of things, don't forget to check out openfieldradio.com and subscribe if you are so uh, inclined. It is the official website of the show, and we hope you check it out. All the shows are there. There's lots of photos there and all kinds of other stuff there. So make sure you check that out. And lastly, you know what? I'm going to throw this at you and see what you do with it. We're already plugging it into the show, and you'll hear it today. But you know what? The American farmer out there right now needs some encouragement. So if you're feeling it like I'm feeling it, I'd love to encourage a farmer and I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing got a message for any farmer anywhere just farmers in general maybe you just want to say thank you shoot me an audio message you know how it works record it into your phone send it to me via whatsapp or instagram or twitter or email or however you want to get it to me i'm going to collect those up and we're going to begin to encourage american farmers in this day and age those folks are working so hard for you and me and i just want to tell them they're doing a great job you feel like doing the same thing jump on with this this could be really cool well fasten your seatbelts this is gonna get crazy steven ritz and the green bronx machine it's coming up in plus or minus 90 seconds Open field radio. i don't know about you but it seems like everywhere i turn right now there's something about jobs and the abundance of jobs available out there well here's one to throw in the mix skip the job how about a career at gowan maybe you're in agriculture maybe you're in science maybe you're none of that Check it out at gowanco.com slash careers. Great opportunities available, and they're all cool. Careers right here in America and around the world. Come see it for yourself. That's gowanco.com slash careers. And tell them you heard it on Open Field Radio. Raising the hip factor in agriculture. Yeah. Open Field Radio. I want to hear from you. Yep. And not just an email, though emails are cool, and of course this will involve an email too, but it'll be a cool email. Because here's what I need you to do. I need you to grab your phone, find the voice app, you know the little memo app in your phone that nobody uses for much of anything? We're going to use it. I want you to give me your name, where you're from, what you do, and that you listen to Open Field Radio. So it would go like this. I'm Mark, Yuma, Arizona, host of Open Field Radio, and I listen to Open Field Radio. Got it? Just fill in the blanks with your information shoot it off to me in an email info at openfieldradio.com i just might use it on the air and if i do i'll send you something cool how's that because that's what friends do at open field radio this is larry jameson from maple grove minnesota and i'm driving across the great state of iowa and listening to open field radio Well, ready or not, Season 2, Episode 23, Open Field Radio with Stephen Ritz, Green Bronx Machine. It starts right now. Holy cow! Hey, cowboy. (laughs) What's happening, my friend? How are you, my man? (laughs) This is awesome. (laughs) What's going on with you? Look at
1: that. Holy cow. Uh, You look like a million dollars. Well, thank you. I'm just about 999,000 short, but, you know, (laughs) hopefully we can make it up in this (laughs) call.
0: It's all good. It's all good. The
1: cheese hat and everything. Yeah, man. I'm I'm here in full effect. Look, you're not going to believe what I've got. Check out the size of this tomato grown outdoors in our school garden. So that's New York City compost, the power of a local farming. I went down and picked one. Yeah. How you been? I have been well.
0: You have been everywhere.
1: Uh, Yeah. You know, me and Johnny Cash. If you give me the soundtrack, I'll sing it. I've been everywhere. Um, I don't, you know, listen. You know, this was some year for sure between so many things, COVID, my wife's illness, everything, everything, everything. But um, you know, we're starting to hit our stride again. And we we couldn't be more excited since, you know, I spoke to you, we won the Social Innovation Award, put a farm in a Yankee Stadium, you know, rocked it at Ag Tech Week here in New York City. Yeah, things are great, man. Let's talk. <laughs>
0: Things are great. Well, okay, let's back up a second. You are a friend of the show. You are on our, I think you are our third episode.
1: Like first five or something. Yeah, you were right there
0: early. We were still figuring it all out. And so, for the listener, give us in a nutshell, and I know that's difficult sometimes, but in a nutshell, what is Green Bronx Machine and Steven Ritz and this amazing thing that you do?
1: Wow, I didn't even know we were live. Mark, you're killing me here. Ah! So, hey, Mark, and hey, listeners. I'm Steve Ritz. I'm the founder of Green Bronx Machine. I'm this insurgent <laughs> educator who has this belief that people should not have to leave their neighborhood to live, learn, and earn in a better one. And 165,000 pounds of vegetables grown right here in the beautiful South Bronx of America. Uh, we are growing something greater. Now, more importantly, what is Green Bronx Machine? You know, I'm also the guy who wears the cheese hat and the green shoes, but far more importantly, what is Green Bronx Machine? Green Bronx Machine is a small and mighty disruptive nonprofit organization that combines the art and science of growing vegetables to all content area instruction and measurable social determinants of health. So I like to say we grow vegetables, our vegetables grow students, our students grow schools, and our schools grow happy, healthy, resilient communities. But what we really do is make the art and science of growing vegetables um, in school Indoors all year round, an academic endeavor that changes everything about school and untold social and academic and, and personal behaviors around eating, health, wellness, sustainability, nutrition, and all that other good stuff. When I first met you, I
0: found you via a friend via Instagram. You happen to be out there on Instagram. I and thought I went, it was Tinder. Well, we don't talk about that one.
1: All right. Not on this radio show. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: But, and I started digging around. I was like, hey, this is a fun guy and this is a cool guy. And of course, the first time we talked, we had a blast. If you, for the listener, again, if you are curious, check out Open Field Radio Season 1 episode. I think it's about three, somewhere, one, two, three, somewhere in there. And you'll find um, all the background to what is going on. What is in 2022? What is the condition, if you will, and the spirit of ag in school?
1: Wow. The condition and spirit of ag in school is let's grow something greater. It has There has never been a greater appetite for ag in school for so many reasons. I need one of those sexy mugs, Mark, by the way. I'm um, coming your way. For those of you who don't know, there's a, a beautiful open field radio mug that Mark is using. You could probably order one at his website. But, <laughs> you know, as we head back to school. And it has been a long, long time coming. So I don't want to discount it, nor do I want to kind of uh, diminish it because it has been a long time coming. And I don't want to downplay it either because we've been through some pain. We're in the midst of the great resignation. Um, For anyone who suffered during COVID, I feel you. You know, in my immediate family, friends, and immediate circle, we lost 28 family members and colleagues right here at school. So this was something outrageous. But as we come back to school, The need for project-based learning, to get kids off screens and doing something that they can touch, taste, feel and smell and actually nurture in a classroom has never been more important. Um, Couple that with some of the real health disorders and social emotional issues that kids are facing now more than ever. First of all, kids are fatter than ever. You know, they're, they've been eating processed foods. So the fresh fruits and vegetables have become so much harder to find in certain communities. So the appetite for growing vegetables, for ag in school, everywhere, growing food has never been more important. Getting kids connected to nutrition that whether you take the vaccines or not will continue to boost their immunity and increase the amount of fiber in their diet could not be more important. So literally... It's a new season. It is a new dawn. This is the industry's moment. And as I've always said, you know, it's the industry's job to grow the perfect head of lettuce, but it's my job to grow the perfect heads for that lettuce. The innovators, the markets, the appetite, the employees, you know, we're seeing some of our graduates, you know, being recruited um, for jobs as growers, jobs in greenhouses. This has never been a better time. The opportunity to create Hyper local economies to really take abandoned space, brownfields, and turn them into productive greenfields, um, you know, reducing our footprint and growing products locally has never been greater. So it couldn't be a more exciting time.
0: You at one point told me, and it's, it's stuck with me, you're in the Bronx, New York City manhattan all of those areas there and you talked about it being a food desert and of course we think of it in the urban areas as rich with anything you could possibly your heart could want
1: well listen i i don't use that term food desert because i have a lot of respect for the desert as an ecosystem so i think that's a media term but we are in a food challenge uh, a food apartheid neighborhood for sure listen everything that comes in here is controlled Um, You know, who has access to what, where, when and how and at what price determines everything? We are but miles away, minutes away, in fact, from the world's largest epicenter of fresh food distribution. But let's be clear, (laughs) public education is the greatest lever this nation has towards equity and equality. And I've always said and I continue to say the most important school supply in the world is food because children will never be well-read if they're not well-fed. So giving children access to healthy fresh food grows their minds, nourishes their bodies, keeps them disease and disease-free, um, enables their bodies and minds to function the way our bodies and minds were designed to function and not dysfunction. It, it's really critical, but this is our moment. This is the industry's moment. You know. Bravo and big ups to all of us and let's just do it. Wow. Is this guy for real? Of course he's for real and I love Stephen for it.
0: He is not only a character, he is a genuine character. He is passionate about what he does and you will hear that throughout the episode and he speaks with an urgency that can only come from that urban environment that he is immersed in. His perspective is from the inner city out. You know, we've talked about the great big farms and the little tiny gardens and farms and this and that and the wide open spaces. There are no wide open spaces where Stephen is. And that's what makes this so unique and so important. And Stephen truly sees himself as the champion for a better life for those that live and work and eat and drink in that inner city environment. His excitement and passion is infectious and his message is right now.
1: I'm urging the industry not to waste me. Don't waste us. Don't waste this moment, you know, I, I'm very humbly, you know, I could be eloquent, I can be funny, but here I'm right now very humble. You know, today I'm asking for a handshake, not a handout, but a handshake and a hand up to work with me, walk with me, help me grow the next generation of students and your employees and your customers by working with us. And That's what this industry is all about. I mean, you know, ESGs, IT and STGs. It's time we come together. Um, You know, this is the next Silicon Valley, and I want my students very much to be a part of it. I want the industry to benefit from it, and I want our mother, the planet, to reap the benefit as well for now and into perpetuity. You're listening to
0: Open Field Radio. We keep our boots muddy and our ears tuned to the thorny challenges of agriculture. That just sounds cool, doesn't it? Because it's the truth. The Gowan Group is a global, family-owned agriculture solution business headquartered in Yuma, Arizona. Gowan specializes in developing, marketing, and processing agricultural inputs such as crop protection products, seeds, and fertilizers. Gowan has grown markets in the majority of the agricultural regions globally. A deep respect for science and a passion for agriculture drives Gowan Company to help growers solve their critical pest and plant health issues. Let's say it together. Gowan Company connecting with the best audience in ag podcasts one episode at a time one listener at a time open field radio let me start this by saying this is not a paid advertisement or something someone talked me into doing. This is just me, Mark, talking about something I really like. And what I really like right now are my brand new speakers in my studio here from IK Multimedia. The iLoud Monitors. Whatever your listening status may be, so to speak, whether you work in a studio or you're at home or you need something great on your desk. I kid you not, these are mind-blowing. High-end sound without the high-end price, linear frequency response, zero coloration, transparency, headroom for days. To hear the truth, you need reference speakers that offer up, and these offer up. Do I sound excited? That's because I am. I'm mixing this very show on these speakers right now. They're that cool. Believe what you read. Believe the hype. The iLoud Micro Monitors from IK Multimedia. Check them out for yourself at ikmultimedia.com and tell them you heard it on Open Field Radio. Quick shout out to some folks we know are listening to Open Field Radio. Big hello to Breckenridge, Colorado, Thibodeau, Louisiana, Waynesville, North Carolina, Talmadge, Ohio, Cedar City, Utah, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, La Rochelle, France, and Assis, Brazil. Thanks for listening. From the Gowan Global Studio deep inside the Lee Hotel, this is Open field radio. Talk about your students for a minute. What age do you first start interacting with the kids?
1: So I like to say we go from pre K to fully Uh, grade. I'm here in elementary school, but we have programs in, you know, pre K programs all the way up through college right now. I've been working with the State University of New York. Let me give a shameless self promoting plug to the Green Bronze Machine classroom curriculum. It is now used by over 600 schools across the nation, and each and every one of our schools who uses it outperforms their peer index neighbor on academic outcomes. We've had 100% teacher satisfaction. 94% of the students who do the program want to repeat the program again, and that means they're growing more food, they're eating more food. Uh, You know, it's a good thing all the way around. So we're just getting started. I'm super excited. You know, our TV show took off. For those of you who want to watch a fun show with your kiddos, it's called Let's Learn with Mr. Ritz to the tune of two million views. We have a great new documentary coming out. You can see the trailer up on the website. Uh, You know, we we just won, believe it or not, the only organization in America to win two back-to-back classy awards for social innovation. Um, And that had to do, believe it or not, with our greenhouse program, and of all places, Appalachia. Now, your listeners may be saying, you know, Steve, South Bronx, not, not not you know South Appalachia, but the challenges that young men in foster care face in the middle of Appalachia are perhaps exactly the same as some of the barriers to success here in the South Bronx. And, and that's economic opportunity, it's lack of access, it's lack of fresh food, it, it's a lack of so many things. But the one thing that we learned in Appalachia Is you know, we built these kids a greenhouse, these young men, because we knew that, you know, 74% of these young men within six months of aging out of the foster care system wind up dead, incarcerated, addicted, homeless, or unemployed. And that's not only is it unacceptable, it's so expensive. So we figured we'd give them a job and let them grow food. And we figured they would love making money because kids may not like vegetables, but nobody's allergic to you know to cash. Um, but it became so much more than that because these kids who I can't even begin to imagine the baggage that they bring to the table. They found dignity. They found purpose. They found healing and growing food, and they didn't want to leave. So what we've done is really rather remarkable. We open sourced some money. We got some sponsors involved, and we built these young men tiny homes. And now they stay on site to work at the greenhouse. They're paying a percentage of rent and getting the soft and somewhat harder skills that are required to transition from... You know, foster care and residential treatment living to independent living. They're getting to go to school. Uh, the homes were designed by high school students in a local challenge. They were built by inmates in prison who couldn't wait to participate to help these young folks out. So in a lot of ways, you know, yeah, we're growing vegetables, we're growing hope, but we're growing a whole lot of stuff through this program. And that's what this industry and I, and, and hopefully my work is all about. So I couldn't be more excited. And if you were, I don't know if we could handle it. That's amazing. I could always go out there and wet my plants.
0: There you go. (laughs) You build farms in the classroom. And we've talked to that. Give me and give the listener just a, a mental
1: picture, if you will, of what that farm looks like. So we use a couple of different technologies. Number one, we use tower garden technology. Um, You know, it's proven. It's easy. You go from a box to a garden in 45 minutes if you're a man and 15 minutes if you're a woman because you'll read the directions and watch the video. But we use some NFT tables. We use, you know, the cool thing now is I have students who are kind of, you know, like ideating and iterating. They're hacking their way into the future. We're looking at. You know, listen, you're in the industry, you know, the cost of lighting has come way down. So you can go out and affix and attach lighting, low cost lighting to almost anything. So, you know, we can turn a car into a grow tent. And, you know, don't think we're not thinking about that. We're thinking about grow mobiles. We're thinking about grow closets. We're looking at any way we can take things that are in our environment that otherwise cause damage or destruction or dysfunction and turn it into something functional. You know, for me, it's really about the academic piece. Make no doubt about it. And that's where the Green Bronx Machine Classroom curriculum comes in. And schools are loving it. But, you know, we are always actively looking for partners. Let me knock on the doors of the listeners. If you're out there, please reach out to us. We want to work with you. Don't waste me. Don't waste this moment. Don't waste us. And the interesting thing here is that 2,200 living wage jobs later in the South Bronx, one of the most chronically unemployed and underemployed communities in the United States, we're growing citizens. And that's adding value to people's bottom lines, particularly your listeners in the industry. So, you know, we're creating prototypes and paradigms here that are being replicated across the country. And that's ultimately great for all the industry. You know, I'm travel. I've been traveling almost nonstop since things have lightened up, and I've been allowed to travel and been able to travel, meeting with industry providers. I spoke to 5,000 teachers a month ago. I was at the Social Innovation Summit three weeks ago. Last week, I was at the School Nutrition Association, and they want to start growing food. The whole notion of farm to table, the USDA farm grants, um, you know, the Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Program. Connecting cities and and rural communities within states has never been more important. So literally hyper-connected and hyper-local and looking at creating blended communities, if you will, particularly in the devastation that was COVID, creates an opportunity for this industry and for all of us to really reimagine life in the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd centuries. And it's our moment. And and I'm, I'm calling everyone to the table to step up. And call me. My number's listed, yo. And we'll make sure they know how to find it.
0: Please do. In all the interviews I've done since we started this show, what keeps coming up over and over again, it is regional. But what comes up is the localization of produce and farming and local markets, local supply chain, if you will. It's very
1: important. And it's growing like crazy. We have been able to penetrate and create a demand and a market in a community and communities that people never thought this was possible. My boys that are, you know, out there in Stepping Stones and up in Appalachia, they're selling a lot of produce. They're creating local markets. People want to shop local. They want to know their farmer. They want to know where food comes from. Now more than it, you know, and, and I'm not, again, trying to knock COVID because it, it was a catastrophe of epic proportions, but people really want to know where their food comes from, who touched it. More importantly, who didn't touch it? What's on it? Oh, what's not on it? Well, you know, how long it's been sitting somewhere, where to travel through. So, you know, when you start reducing the uncertainty, you start creating a value and a demand for a product in your own backyard where people like to get to know their farmer. And then and, and that to me is a beautiful thing. You mentioned travel. You've been overseas. You've
0: taken this whole thing out of the United States and anywhere that they'll talk to you. Is that right? That is correct.
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not shy. I'll talk to anybody as <laughs> long had, as you nod your head. I have noticed. You, know, you may be tying your shoelaces, but I'm thinking I'm talking to you and I'm still going. But, you know, I've been very blessed to travel, uh, you know, up north, down south uh, to the Middle East. And, you know, we have we built the sustainable school, uh, you know, the Fairgreen International School in the sustainable city, which is two degrees cooler than anywhere else in the UAE, uh, which is 100 percent off the grid. And those children are growing their own food in school. Look, these are children of privilege. These are children who are not going hungry at night. But they are, for many reasons at a young age, excited and engaged about growing food. And that has become the new normal for them. And, you know, vegan meals, very plant-forward meals, reduced dependence on animal proteins, all of that stuff makes a difference in their lives and the lives of the planet. And they're really excited about it. And to think, that, you know, I have first, second and third and fourth graders with profitable farmers markets who are growing food and children are excited about it is amazing. And then on the flip side, Mark, I'm going to get very real. You know, I fight. I fight for children who are born in places that most people would not want to be caught dead in. I fight for children who don't know what dessert is and rarely get dinner. I, I fight for children who don't have a room to call their own, whose monsters are real. will never see a dentist you know, don't know what a video game is, who stand online for water or who sleep in cars. Kids come tell me that, you know, they couldn't do their homework because the generator went out in their van. You know, th- these are larger issues that we need to address as a nation and as a society and as a world. So those are the kids I fight for. And I'm finding that philanthropic, well-intended schools are able to help me do that with a buy one, get one free model and, and learn to connect with other schools and do social purpose entities. You know, two months ago, I was in the mountains of Ecuador, helping a wealthy school build a school for kids in the mountains around growing food. Um, It's one of the most beautiful things that you can do. So collectively, this is our moment. You know, I'm proud to wear the hat and welcome as many people into it in my world as possible. But I can't do it alone, and I need people's support. So needless to say, Stephen is motivated, he's
0: energized, and you know what? He's engaging. And if you've gotten this far in the show, I hope he's sparked some interest. So you say, Mark, how do I find out more about Stephen and the Green Bronx Machine? Well, it's pretty darn easy. Simply go to greenbronxmachine.org. You'll find it all. There's pictures of Stephen and the kids and what's going on in the schools and the farms and everything, along with contacts and donates and all those kind of things. But the bigger picture of this is as Stephen has said, if you're an industry person and something Stephen has said resonates with you, reach out to him. He is on fire and ready to talk to you. Super accessible. Send him a message, I guarantee he'll send you one back. Buy
1: a copy of my book, 100% of the proceeds support the program. Make a donation. Think about how you can get your technology in my classroom And hundreds and thousands of classrooms. It's projected that we'll be in about 5,000 classrooms within the next few years. You know, the interest in our program has just been phenomenal. And along the way, we're absolutely determined not to be another one of those nonprofits. So we remain lean, we remain mean. I still remain an unpaid volunteer. So I'm here pouring my heart and soul into this. I get paid privately doing consulting work. But I will run this organization along with our executive director and our very talented board of directors to really change what is possible in the nonprofit space and really make the food movement in school as hyper-local, as hyper-connected with as much local agency as possible. And that's what this work is about. And we wanna grow
0: employees to you. Sure, you just said something very cool. You said, get your technology into my classroom. My being your classroom. Right, (laughs) classrooms. Classrooms, yeah, multiple. Well, talk to me, what's that technology? There's so many
1: different technologies out there right now. This industry is evolving uh, more faster than I'm losing my hair, literally. <laughs> and, and that's kind of exciting um, because it, it's great to see things popping up instead of things just falling out. But literally each and every day, the amount of new technologies that are emerging at more attractive price points with greater efficiencies the way we're able to grow food, whether it's medium, You know whether it's substrate whether it's nutrients whether it's lighting all these things are making the ability for teachers in classrooms to get children more excited around growing food and make it more profitable for businesses and entrepreneurs to grow their own and get involved so this is just the beginning it couldn't be coming at a better time so i'm always anxious to learn about indoor technology i'm always anxious to learn about outdoor technology you know, look, I'm sitting here with the biggest tomato, you know, a third. This started with a seed in my classroom and was planted in New York City compost. And this tomato is well over a pound. So think about it. That, that's a, That's a rather amazing accomplishment for my young people.
0: Coast to coast and around the world. You're listening to Open Field Radio. If you haven't heard it, it's new to you, right? Gowan USA has a broad selection of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides to deliver customized solutions for your crops. Gowan provides the right programs to fit your unique needs, standing behind our products with expert service and support. And Gowan USA is family-owned and operated right here in the United States of America for over 55 years. That's a long time. Check it out for yourself at gowanco.com. And now you know. Open Field Radio. Like. Share. Subscribe. I love to tell you about things that I like, and that's the only reason I want to tell you about them. And if you're like me, I take notes on Post-it notes, on anything. I'll write something down, but then what? I lose them, right? Well, here, if you're like me in that way, get yourself the Adobe Scan app. I love this thing. Get it on your phone, write on anything you want. That's right, get the app out. It's Adobe, come on, it's going to be quality. Snap a shot of your notes with the camera in the app, bingo, bango, bongo, you save it. It's a PDF in your phone just as you wrote it. From there, you can share it or do whatever else you want to do with it, but the one thing you won't do, I promise you, you won't lose it. Adobe Scan, in your favorite app store. Cool people having conversations about agriculture and life. Open Field Radio. And now back to Open Field Radio with our guest, the Green Bronx machine, Stephen Ritz. I'm a huge baseball fan, and you mentioned it earlier, but I need some more insight to this. You actually put the garden, the farm,
1: the whole thing in Yankee Stadium? That is correct. We have a tower farm, a tower garden commercial farm in the heart of Yankee Stadium. It's a brilliant notion for so many reasons. My fourth graders actually helped install it. One of my graduates is now helping to maintain it. Ultimately, the salads that will be going out of there, percent revenue will be going to support programs around the Bronx. But what's really fascinating about it is this farm, it's not out in the middle of center field. It's not like a centerpiece of ooh, plant pornography in the middle of Yankee Stadium. What we literally did is we took one of the COVID tents and you know there were so many things that we could have done around farming or around creating, if you will, some greenwashing or not, or just food awareness, you know however you want to see it on the spectrum of things. But when we saw that we had a COVID tent, we said, you know, that COVID tent kind of mimics a greenhouse in structure. It's got a slanted roof, it's got some sides. We started looking at that thing and said, Hmm, every stadium in America has a COVID tent. Why don't we create something that is eminently replicable, not only here in the Bronx, but all across America? And, you know, for better or for worse, where the Yankees go, many other teams go. So we wanted to do something that showed how we could take this tragic moment in American history, this painful time, and really turn it into an opportunity to grow food all year long. And by putting it strategically in the stadium, uh, not only do the fans have access to it, the players come down, they're totally involved. It was really cool. You could go check out some of the pictures of my kids with the players. But, you know, the children have access to it. The community sees it. So you don't even have to pay to see this farm or to access it. And ultimately, the produce, as the Yankees and students and everyone get better at growing, it's going to be a percentage of that is going to go back to the community. And not only during the season, all year long. It would have been really, you know, cool to put something out there. where TV in the middle of the field. You could see it. But this thing is going to grow all year long. And I'm really excited about it. Let's be clear. New York is challenged. Uh, It's challenging to grow produce in New York after September and October, you know, until the frost is gone. So that we're going to be able to do it and kids are going to be able to get in there, I think, is what I call a grand slam home run. So I'm excited.
0: I'd ask you for a success story, but you're a walking success story there. It's just going and going.
1: I know. The crazy thing is I've got a young girl, so I'm up here. It's, you know, let's be transparent. It's 630 at night. It's long after school. I've got one of my graduates up in here working. She's down the hall. You know, she came to this country. She's an English language learner. Uh, she came through the program. She eats healthy. She's working. She's making more than living wage. And I- I'm just thrilled and delighted that she's here working with me late at night and my wife. We have some visitors coming to the school tomorrow. So we're putting on the final touches. I'm, You know, going to clean up my desk. The farm takes care of itself. The big issue is kind of uh, managing, circling the wagons around my chaos, so to speak. So, again... It just goes to show you. You know, listen, we got kids going home with vegetables like these. I wish it was television so you could see the size and the beauty of this tomato. And this is, think about it, this is food grown in the Bronx out of compost, out of food waste that came out of school. This stuff would be methane somewhere rotting in our community, and instead, it is nurturing and feeding and nourishing our bodies and our minds and setting a model that could be replicated all all across the country. Can you give um, the American farmer a little encouragement right now? First and foremost to the American farmer, I thank you. I thank you for your generations of labor. I thank you for your love of the land and and, and, and love of labor, because it is not easy to grow food. And what I'm here to tell you is these are tough times, are tough times until but we're coming. We've got you. And you know, when you support programs like ours, you're really creating an appetite for what you are growing. I will close by saying, you know, this work requires courage and the opposite of courage is not cowardice. The opposite of courage is conformity, because even a dead fish can go with the flow. And here in the South Bronx and in communities in Baltimore, Los Angeles and Miami and Denver and Detroit and places people are starting to write off for years. We are swimming. We are not dead fish. We are swimming and we are swimming to hyperlocal food hyper local economies, so we are poised, ready, willing, and able to come and support you. So don't forget about us, because we do not want to forget about you. We are here, we listen, we care, and we want to connect. I have children writing letters to farmers. My children know where their school apples come from. I tell people, I tell Americans, and I tell my students each and every day, we vote with our mouth, we vote with our wallet, and we vote with our fork. So farmers, we hear you, and we're out here to support you. You've been listening to Open Field
0: Radio from Gowan Company. Like, share, subscribe, review. Everywhere podcasts are found. The views and opinions expressed by the guests of Open Field Radio are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of the program. All rights reserved. No duplication or redistribution without permission.